A university in Ontario has surprised its students by announcing an indoor mask mandate. In a last minute announcement on Tuesday, the University of Waterloo informed students, staff and instructors that they will be required to wear masks in lectures, labs, exams and other settings, citing increases in local COVID hospitalizations and emerging trends. Voters in Brooks Medicine Hat have given the nod to United Conservative Party leader Danielle Smith to represent them as their MLA. Meanwhile, a transcript of a call between Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and Ontario Premier Doug Ford revealed that Trudeau told Ford that no extra legal tools should be required to clear Freedom Convoy protesters. And Justin Trudeau will become the first world leader to appear on RuPaul's Drag Race. I guess Canada is back? Hello Canada, it's Wednesday, November 9th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Anthony Fury. And I'm Rachel Emanuel. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. It's like it's spring 2020 all over again. After everything we've learned about COVID and despite the end of lockdowns and mandates, the University of Waterloo made a last minute announcement on Tuesday that beginning Wednesday, all students will be required to wear a mask for indoor activities. Now, according to the official policy webpage, the mask mandate applies to both undergrads, graduate students, staff, and instructors. Now, University of Waterloo claims that the policy is informed by, quote, increases in local COVID-19 hospitalizations and, quote, emerging trends of the virus in the community. Now, according to the policy, instructors will be allowed to temporarily remove their masks when giving a lecture, but only if physically distanced from others. Rachel, it's pretty interesting to see this come back because a lot of people thought we were done with it all. And yet here we are, one university saying, bring back the mandates. It certainly appears that way. I mean, at least in Ontario. For example, earlier this month, Toronto's Public Health Board has told the city's top doctor to urgently explore reissuing mask mandates, starting with local schools. And, you know, Ontario's Chief Public Health Officer, Dr. Kieran Moore, said a decision on masking could come in just a matter of weeks if COVID affects the ability to reduce a surgical backlog. So I think this is something people in Ontario are watching very closely. No, certainly. And yet a a lot of people remark, I can say from my personal experiences, I live in a downtown neighborhood that was uh, much more prone to being very embracing of COVID rules than many neighborhoods throughout Ontario in my downtown Toronto neighborhood. And yet I I go to the gym, I go to the store and the mask wearing is very minimal. So I, I don't know how one suddenly goes from practically zero people wearing the mask in the gym, say until next week, oh, there's a mandate. It's a similar situation over in Alberta. Most people choose not to wear the masks anymore. Certainly, you still see the occasional person at the grocery store with a mask on. But I think, bar and large, people are done with these restrictions and they don't want to see them come back. I recently interviewed uh, Dr. Suman Chakrabarty for True North. He is a, a hospital physician in the GTA, and he basically said, no, he does not support this coming back. If someone wants to wear the mask, so be it, but that we've learned so much and we shouldn't automatically be reaching for these masks anytime Uh, hospitalizations are back. So it'll be really interesting to see how people respond to all of this. But, you know, Rachel, maybe it's not a conversation about about doctors or public health boards. It's more a question of what is going on at Canada's universities. 
Right. Well, we know at least at Western University, they've implemented a COVID-19 vaccine mandate. And I think students are really frustrated with this. They've had, you know, two years of some of the best years of your life, some of the most important years of your life. They've had that sort of taken away from them. You know, they've been locked at home. Lots of restrictions haven't been able to go to class. Unvaccinated students are still being punished at some of these universities. So we've seen some of the protests that have resulted at Western University with students say, saying there, this is just the beginning of their push to overturn the controversial policy. And I think young people especially are tired of these restrictions and they want to get back to living their life and to make up for the years that they really feel they lost. Over to you now, Rachel, to tell us the latest on Alberta Premier Daniel Smith. Voters in Brooks Medicine Hat have elected United Conservative Party leader Daniel Smith to represent them as their MLA. As per the unofficial results, the new Premier won with 54.5% of the vote followed by NDP candidate Gwendolyn Dirk with 26.7 of the vote. Alberta Party leader and candidate Barry Morishita came third with 16.5%. Independence Party of Alberta candidate Bob Leon received 1.8% of the vote, and Wild Rose Independence Party candidate Javine Magnet garnered 0.4%. In a speech after the results were announced, Smith said her government will take unprecedented action over the next few months to help Albertan families amid the cost of living crisis. She also took aim at Rachel Notley's NDP. Here's what that sounded like. My friends, the people of Brooks, Medicine Hat have made their choice. And next year, it'll be the turn of Albertans to make their choice. And that choice is clear. You can choose Rachel Notley and the NDP that increasingly takes their orders from Jagmeet Singh and Justin Trudeau at the federal level. Or you can choose a united, confident, and energized UCP, a UCP that will keep Alberta strong and free with more We are going to deliver more and better jobs, accessible health care, and a lower cost of living for you and your family. That is the choice. That is the only choice. Rachel, I have a number of questions for you because, of course, you are True North's Alberta correspondent. Was there any doubt that Daniel Smith might have a tough time during this by-election. Normally, we see leaders pick pretty safe seats to run in by-elections for, and they typically do pretty well. How did all this unfold? I don't think that there was any doubt that she was going to win the seat. I think the question was, was it going to be a decisive victory or not? And even today, there is some speculation online whether her results were good enough. You know, I'm sure it's been no surprise that since the very beginning, people have been questioning her leadership, especially because she has said so many controversial things in the wake of being elected. But I think that her results last night were pretty confident the NDP candidate was quite a bit of points behind. So I think she can feel comfortable with this victory moving forward. Now, what does this mean for Danielle Smith entering the legislature? Because, of course, when a person becomes leader of a party uh, that's in government or whether they're in opposition, if they don't have a seat, they got to get a seat. And Smith has has done that, I guess. But when can she uh, officially sit down in her seat? Sure. So the by-election results still need to be ratified, meaning the earliest Smith could be in the legislature is on November 29. So I think we can see the government being recalled in the last week of November, maybe moving into early December. However, obviously, the premier has a lot of priorities she wants to move forward with ahead of a general election against the NDP in the spring. So I'm sure she'll be taking her suite as quickly as possible. You mentioned controversial issues. One of the big ones that Danielle Smith said right out of the gate throughout the leadership, and she's still saying it now, is bringing in this Alberta Sovereignty Act that everyone has an opinion on. What's the latest on that piece of legislation, Rachel? So she said that she's actually asked for work to be done on the controversial Alberta Sovereignty Act, as you mentioned, which she sort of pitched this legislation to bar federal bills deemed harmful to Alberta's interests. 
So I think we can expect her to see that being introduced immediately when she takes her seat in the House. Even during the leadership race, she told her supporters it would be ready when she takes her seat in the legislature. Moving on, on day 19 of the Emergencies Act hearings, lawyers presented a transcript of a call between Justin Trudeau and Doug Ford that took place five days before the Emergencies Act was invoked, in which the Prime Minister told the Ontario Premier that no extra legal tools should be required to clear protesters. So a readout of the February 9 phone call between the two proves that, well, Trudeau never thought that Ontario did require additional legal tools to clear protesters from Ottawa, the Freedom Convoy protesters in the streets, or those off the Ambassador Bridge in Windsor. Now, the transcript quotes a frustrated Trudeau telling Ford, quote, you shouldn't need more tools, legal tools. They are barricading the Ontario economy and doing millions of damage a day. Now, Trudeau then calls the protests in Ottawa not legal protests because the trucks were occupying a municipal street and parked illegally. Trudeau also took a shot at the intellect of the protesters on the call to Ford, saying, quote, I always wonder if they are not very smart people to think about shaming Canada in all sorts of ways and hurting the economy and getting jobs back to the U.S. Rachel, this is a, a really interesting call to get the readout on because, of course, what this inquiry is all about is, did you need to bring in this act? And we find Trudeau saying beforehand, not even talking about the act, just saying we don't need any new legal tools, period, whatever they are. It is very interesting because, of course, Trudeau was the one who invoked the never-before-used emergency powers to deal with freedom protesters that were in Ottawa peacefully protesting. So it's interesting that just weeks ahead of that decision, he had actually told the Ontario Premier that new legal tools weren't required. And it's especially interesting given the commission that's ongoing right now and all the law enforcement that we've had testify saying the Emergencies Act wasn't needed to deal with the protesters. Now, Rachel, you've always got an eye on what's going on in Alberta, but I understand Alberta is coming up to Ottawa in some respects for the hearings. Uh, people from different Ottawa uh, levels of government and policing will be testifying. Tell us about that. Later this week, we're going to see the mayor of Coots testifying, as well as the Alberta RCMP. Now, I'm really excited to see this testimony because the Alberta government has already been very clear they did not need the Emergencies Act to deal with their border blockade at Coots. So I'm curious to hear what the mayor of Coots and the RCMP officers will say if they'll sort of align with the government or if they'll have a different take. Be proud, Canada. No, the government did not solve the inflation crisis. No, the government did not rein in spending or cancel the carbon tax. Our prime minister has become the first world leader to appear on RuPaul's Drag Race. Producers of the Drag Queen competition series say Trudeau will make a special appearance on Canada's Drag Race, Canada versus the world. Here's a glimpse of what to expect. Who's ready for world domination? Please help me welcome the prime minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau. This one is about to go down in history. So, Anthony, legacy media journalists are ecstatic with this news. Um, I don't know if Canadians are really going to be all that impressed with the prime minister's antics, though. I mean, as we mentioned, we are in a cost of living crisis. You know, the cost of groceries have never been higher. Fuel costs have never been higher. And Canadians across the board are really suffering right now. Do you think this is a good look for Trudeau right now? Well, I don't know. I mean, I understand this show is, is quite popular in some respects in terms of the ratings, and, and it may play... Uh, to some of Trudeau's audience. So, you know, whatever, if he wants to do this, he, he goes on a lot of uh, sort of 
shows that you might not expect he would go on. I can picture him on some some TVO or CBC Kids programming. But I, I think the point that, you know, he's out there kind of having a laugh when there are some dire things out there, it'll definitely rub a few people the wrong way. Sure. I mean, it is very on brand for the prime minister. And I think that was sort of the commentary that I saw online. I mean, People's Party of Canada leader Maxime Bernier, he tweeted, he's arguably more qualified to judge a drag race than to govern a country. Ouch. I'm wondering, did you see any funny commentary online? No, one that I kind of like, there's this Twitter account, it's called 222 Minutes, I guess like a riff on this hour has 22 minutes. And they just put, uh, at this point, it's just about the only costume he hasn't worn yet. And you think, yep, good point. Well played. That's it for today. And don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And please consider making a donation to support independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening and have a great day.